Praise you, Lord. Wow. You know, church, I, I just know tonight's a special night. And uh, you're going to be blessed. Anytime Jesus is in our midst, we're going to be blessed. Amen. And so, uh, Abby, are you going to come up here first tonight? Pop is? Well, you know, you're going to get blessed tonight because I want to tell you, uh, and I want to tell you this, Abby, that we all love you. And I want you to know that I've felt, I'm so glad you came on this trip because I've been wanting to tell you this for a long time, that I feel like that you have such untapped potential within you. And that in the days ahead, as you begin to more and more share your life and share your testimony and share the word and all, you're going you're gonna to turn on a tap on the inside of you that is going to be gushing out to literally bless thousands and thousands of people. And I just know, I just have such excitement for you when I pray for you. I just know God's hand is just right there. Oh, man, I, I mean, I, I'm envious. I want to be there because it's going to be so great. Amen. So Abby's going to share with us tonight. So, Brother Ivan, come on up, and you can do whatever or however you want to do this. Well, I'd like to thank you hungry people for being in church on Sunday night on Labor Day weekend. Is that right? Okay. Praise God. Got it right. So, um, yes, this is my beautiful daughter, Abby. And uh, I'm going to introduce Abby. She's going to share her testimony and Abby is a beautiful child. Never give me any trouble. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Abby is a very brave person. You're a very brave person, Abby. And, uh, you know, she's a dream, really a dream child to our family. She really is. Blessed me all my life. You really have. Never give me a day of trouble. And... Uh, so she's going to come up, and, and uh, I think they're going to show a video of her. She's been through quite a journey in her life, and all we can all do is praise God and, and thank God for his faithfulness. You know, when you go through things that God delivers you from, your praise changes. You know, when you've been through nothing, unless you have deep revelation, you know, your praise is, is at one level. But when you've been through many things, as most everybody in this room has been, and God delivers you or heals you or whatever miracle he may do, your praise changes. And it's a different kind of praise, you know. I was talking to Kimberly, and I said, you know, yeah, it's hard sometimes, I think, for wives or husbands to understand what they mean to each other, you know. But after a lot of years, like 42 years, you know, uh, there's really no one like that person in your life. I mean, who who have I walked with 40, 42 years? We're going to be 43. I mean, you know some stuff. I mean, you could really mess me up. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know some stuff. You know some stuff. And, and, and you've been through all those things together, you know, like uh, quite a few of you couples and things, but... It's, it's quite a, you know, that no one could replace that person, you know. Nobody could replace that person. And, uh, and uh, anyway, Abby's irreplaceable. So I'm very proud of you. Come on. Praise the Lord. 
Hello. Um, yes, the, the best date, Tate, has arrived. So I'm sorry you've had to put up with my parents and my siblings for this long, but I'm back, everybody. I'm here to save the day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not true at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I have two modes. I have this, like, jokester, happy, everything's great. And then I just have the weeping mode, which you'll probably see that Abby after this video. So I just wanted to give you... One side that I am happy and normal, but this is such a sensitive, um, precious thing to me, of course. It's very just sacred and it is hard to talk about, but it's so rewarding to share. And, um, and it's just, I'm just so grateful for this honor and just privilege to share at this church, which means so much to me, um, just the grace of God in my life. So um, your pastors have, yeah. <clears throat> Here's the video. I can't, I can't go there yet. <laughs> Please enjoy this video. <laughs> so I grew up in a ministry home, ministry family, and I was so blessed. I had a wonderful childhood. I was able to travel a lot and um, just grew up loving Jesus. I had the opportunity of studying at Hillsong College in Australia and during my second year there I got a job in the hospitality industry and I really stood out there for um, for my standards, for my beliefs and convictions and I began taking on a lot of persecution. I was like a beacon of purity. I was very innocent and um, I began to feel like I had to prove myself um, and kind of be more relatable was really the lie that I started feeling. I had to relate to them in order to witness to them for them to hear me. So I began to really bend the rules and it ultimately led to a lot of compromise in my life and um, I just began allowing lies to really reshape my identity and my reality. I would live in the light and I was accountable and I was doing well and then temptation would come and honestly I, I began even noticing it when it would come. It usually came in the form of a drink um, of whiskey of all things. When I saw these triggers coming my way I couldn't say no, I couldn't resist, and I started drifting away from my family and my closest friends. Honestly, I thought I was living the life I deserved. I thought sin was really in my DNA, and I couldn't escape it. in the dark and I was just straddling the fence but I couldn't fully enjoy the world I couldn't sleep around I couldn't party I couldn't get drunk so fast forward to the spring of 2016 I was now living in Georgia I had moved there with my family and I was working in another restaurant and um, temptation came again I started hanging out with a guy who didn't even know or love Jesus I thought everything that I was doing in private was harmless 
but it was about to be exposed as I had miraculously conceived. I felt terrified. I felt alone. given a piece of paper and at the very top it said due date January 14th and I just remember screaming due date and the whole lobby looked at me and I went into complete shock I honestly don't remember anything for probably about five minutes somehow I ended up out of the office down the hall down the elevator a few um, a few stories I was outside and on the curb literally hyperventilating having my first of what was to be many panic attacks that year. Um, just in complete shock. So when I did finally come home to everyone um, and face them, I remember the door opening and it was my brother and he just hugged me. And I remember being told by my mom, this child is a gift and it is completely innocent and we're going to love this baby, and it is a part of the family now. I feel like I spent half my pregnancy on my knees at the altar of my church, with pastors surrounding me, praying for me, and, and supporting me. I was forming a pattern of straying from Jesus as my shepherd. And the first chance I gave him, he had to lovingly break my legs with his comforting rod through the exposure of the pregnancy. Then he carried me on his shoulders, anointed my legs with oil the whole time until I was healed. And he put me down and said, it's time to go at my pace. So God really turned all those lies around for me. I suddenly knew that I'm not replaceable. I'm not in a rush, and my life is not on hold. After he was born, I still thought I was a single mother and a mother because of my own poor decisions and choices. Then God revealed to me how sin never leads to a blessing. It only multiplies and reproduces itself. The consequence of my sin were the shame and the guilt, hurting my reputation, hurting my family. But my son, he is my redemption. God saved my life by bringing me this perfect gift, and that is my son. I would encourage anybody who's going through a trial similar to mine to read scripture over yourself out loud every day, fall on your knees, I am nothing but grateful at the mercy of Jesus, and I celebrate this child and the privilege it is of calling him mine. I'll never forget when my dad told me, though your journey has changed, your destiny hasn't. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Hi, I'm Abby Tate. I'm 26 years old. I have a two-year-old son, and this is my story. hope I can communicate. <laughs> kind of falling apart. Um, yeah, so clearly I'm just a standing miracle. I really shouldn't be here. Okay, baby. You want to go back to Nancy? He's a little nervous. <laughs> okay, bye. Um, bye, baby. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> bye. Love you. Okay, bye. Um, so yeah, it's just the fact that I'm a single mom and a lot of people I think would see me as unfinished or incomplete waiting for this, you know, Prince Charming to rescue me and finish my story and now I can share my testimony and look what God did or something. But I just find, find it so humbling and so beautiful about the nature of God that he's using me right now. I'm still single. <laughs> um, and he's a reminder of really the faithfulness of God. You know, I see, or I said it in the video, how the consequences of my decisions were, um, of the sin, was the shame and the guilt and the pain and, um, you know, just really breaking my family's heart and uh, hurting our reputation and all those terrible things. It was all the sin, but Zaya was really just God's redemption in my life. He was God saving me. The first chance I gave him, God was just, he came through and he exposed it, which was so hard. It was breaking the legs. You know, Psalm talks about, Psalms talks about um, your staff and your rod comfort me. The staff, you know, is the hook to keep the sheep in the flock, you know, when they're straying. And the staff just was not working for me for a few years. I kept straying. And so he had to bring out the ugly rod and break my legs and carry me on his shoulders when I was pregnant and just anoint my legs with the oil and Jesus is such a good shepherd <laughs> and uh, when I was ready he put me down he said go at my pace and um, I'm just so grateful for this miracle child who saved me who struck me with the fear of God <laughs> which I clearly didn't have I thought I could get away with being Ivan Tate's daughter and loving Jesus and everything's great and also um, playing with fire, and I knew I was playing with fire. That's the worst part. That's probably the hardest thing, is a lot of people, when they struggle with guilt or something, they have this, like, kind of justifying excuse. You know, I didn't know Jesus at the time. I was in the world, or I didn't know better, and I knew better. I knew way better. I had a relationship with God. I had gone to Bible college. You know, I'm from the most amazing family on the planet, and, um, and God didn't write me off. He didn't say, well, you had your chance. So now you can go off and do your thing, and I'll still love you. And I can, you know, God can so easily do that. He can so say, okay, that's enough. You know, you've taken advantage. You're, you're done here. But he's still, he has me in this pulpit right now, which I do not deserve to be here. And um, I just want to, I guess, encourage you that if you think it could be too late for you or you're too far behind, you've gone too far, you've strayed too far off in this direction, it really just takes one decision to turn back. You don't have to trudge your way and make up all this ground that you lost. God will meet you where you are at. He comes to you. I went way far, and I looked at the path that I'd gone. I'm like, wow, this is overwhelming. But I just turned around and said, help, Lord. 
And um, it just took a lot of obedience and, um, and submission to him. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for the fear of God. So, um, yeah, you're just one decision. You don't need to clean up your life before you come to him and have him use you. I mean, come on, look at your pastor, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> if God can use him, you know, you're good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, that was not in the script. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yes, thank you for listening to my story. Not that you had a choice, but thank you. <laughs> and I just want to, I guess, publicly honor, you know, my parents and your pastors for, I can do this, <clears throat> for just showing me so much love. Um, yeah, love doesn't always look like just endorsing their decisions and being okay with everything you do, but your pastors loved me through it by not condoning or, endorsing my decisions um, but bringing a healthy conviction which I needed and uh, never looking down on me and um, it's three months actually this week that I had a phone call never forget with Laura um, just weeping my eyes out I was so mad at my parents I was just resenting them (laughs) I was so mad at myself really but I just resented my parents for bringing such conviction in my life you don't want to always be around the people who are right and (laughs) But man, they just, these four, I don't know where my mom is, but, oh, there she is. Thank you to the four of you for being such wonderful people and loving my son so much and bringing the fear of God into my life. And yeah, you guys are amazing. You guys have the best pastors ever. So Um, I just want to pray, I guess, before the main event comes. We'll see how he does tonight. But (laughs) so I just want to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the opportunity to uh, share your story in my life and the miracle of Zaya. And, uh, and Lord, I know Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I set you apart and I appointed you. And that applies to everybody in this room. So, Father, I just pray that you will ignite that fire. You will breathe on that spark in everybody's soul and heart for their purpose, their calling, for the bravery that it takes to listen to your Holy Spirit, to step out and just trust in you. I pray that you will give us all the strength to live in obedience and in submission so we don't always have to take the hard road like I did. And thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy and bless us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't that brave? Abby, you're so brave. You really are. Praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing that, Ab. And I didn't even ask you, did I? I said, like, get up, get up, do it, do it. <laughs> appreciate, appreciate that, Abby, so much. And, uh, yeah, so it's a beautiful thing, you know, what God does. And like I said, your praise changes. Untouched people can be cruel, but people that have been delivered, are rescued, are healed, are given things they're not uh, worthy of, are blessed in ways they can't understand, their praise is different. When they praise God, they don't praise God from the same place. It's a very holy and beautiful place. The Pharisees could never enjoy Jesus because he, they were not touched God had never, they had never had a relationship with him, so they couldn't appreciate him. And so they judged him 
And that's what people are like who don't, aren't touched by Jesus. They're Pharisees, they're judges, and they end up missing out on the most beautiful things of life. Praise the Lord, which is God delivering you from yourself. You know? And uh, look what we get for, for Abby's mistake. I mean, we get Zaya, our, our dream, our dream boy, you know, who we love so much. My gosh, I can't imagine my life without him, you know. I wake up, and he's there at my bed. He crawls into the bed. He stays there. He jumps on my head. He, he calls me Papa. I mean, you know, I can understand why Jacob loved Joseph, because as a child of his old age, you know, not that I'm that old, but still, you know, I thought I was done with raising children, things like that, but, but uh, it's just such a beauty, and that's the way God is. He's like that. He always gives you something that overwhelms your gratitude, and all you just feel is just like gratitude. You just want to praise God. Yeah. Religious people can't do that. You know, religious people can't do that. Because they don't have the, the touch of, of the Lord in their life. But those of you that have been set free from something, you know, something that could kill you or destroy you, and those of you that have made mistakes, that maybe even are in the midst of a mistake, you're going to need the mercies of God. Sooner or later, you'll need the mercies of God for something in your life. And it, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. And his mercies never come to an end. Great is his faithfulness. Praise the Lord. Can you praise God for something today? How many of you can, can actually praise God for something that God has done in your life? Can you lift your hands up and say, God, thank you so much for what you did in my life that nobody else knows about? What you set me free from, what miracle you did for my family, how you blessed the people that I love and care about, how you took me out of the miry clay and out of the pit of nothingness and set my feet upon a rock. Praise the Lord. I mean, how many of you, I wonder that he's delivered from alcoholism in your life. How many of you have been delivered from drugs or have been delivered from hatred or have been delivered, you know, from rejection or shyness or bondage of some, of some type? And you, do, you can't control the choices of other people around you, but you can control how you're going to respond to what people do. And I just really am glad that Abby decided, you know, to not misjudge God and think that he was mad at her, but to rather to just believe, wow, God is amazing and loves me and praise the Lord. So Amen. her praise has changed. And I want to talk to you about praise tonight. I wasn't going to talk to you about this, but when I was sitting there, I just got a whole different message. I was actually going to talk to you about the meaning of life, but... Uh, We'll, we'll talk to you about that later on. But go with me to Joshua 6 for a little bit. And, and I want to talk to you about, about praise and the weapon of praise in your life. 
How many of you know how powerful your complaining is? Think about how much complaining you do in one day. Think about that. Think about how, about how many things you complain about. Complaining is how you tell God that you do not trust his plan for your life. When you and I complain, we are telling God, you're not in charge. We don't believe you're in charge. We don't believe you're going to do anything about this. We don't believe that anything good is going to come out of this. And this is just rotten. Complaining is part of the praises of Satan and the flesh. There are seven ways to praise Satan that you and I as born-again Christians should never participate in. One of them is complaining. The other is blaspheming, which is finding fault with God, blaming God, accusing God, telling God he's bad, he's not good, and things like that. That is another type of praise that Satan absorbs because he counts that as victory in the life of a Christian man or woman, just like complaining. Negativism is a type of praise towards the devil because it puts you in partnership with what he believes about you and about your life. Naysayers are like the prophets of Satan. They prophesy to us and tell us the bad things that Satan wants us to hear. And you and I don't want to be praising the devil. Praise the Lord. Being negative is the exact opposite of what the promises of God are all about. All the promises of God are yea and amen. They're, in other words, they're yes, something good is going to happen, and they're so be it. What God has said, I agree with. That is a promise. And when you start to be negative, and you're negative about everybody, and you're negative about everything, and you're negative about your job, and you're negative about your health, and you're negative about your family, and you're negative about your circumstance, you're negative about your life, and you're negative about where you live, and you're negative about how, what you're driving, and you're negative about how you live, how you're eating, and, and then you pass that on to your children, and they're complaining about which restaurant to eat, and, you know, we don't want a Mexican this time, we don't want this. You may not do that here, but regular people with these things in their house, in their city, <laughs> let's skip that right all over. But in every area, you can become very negative, and negative is like, it's how you praise your enemy. Fault finding is how you praise your enemy. When you start finding fault with people and you start finding fault with things that are going on in your life, it's the same as praising. Blaspheming and cussing and profanity is like partnering with a demon and letting the demon talk out of your mouth. And Jesus said it real plain. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is occupying that heart through meditation comes out of your mouth through language. There is divine language, and then there is demonic language. There is a way to talk that is outside of the control of the Holy Spirit and under the control of an influencing demonic force.
Being critical can destroy a person, and it's one of the cuss words in heaven. Criticism of people, fault-finding of people, is part of Satan's language. He is called the accuser of the brethren. So whenever you partner with satanic language, you release satanic anointings. The same as when you partner with divine language, you release divine anointings into your life. That's why it's important to confess the word of God. That's why it's important to memorize it and then confess it. Confess it all over your house. Confess it while you're driving. Sing it all the time. Confess it over the people that Satan is trying to give you doubt about and fear about and questions about. I literally had to live on a diet of the word of God when it came to Abby in this situation. This situation was not easy for my wife and I. It was not easy at all in many, many different ways. It, it did a lot of stuff in our lives other than being totally shocked. It did a lot. And at that that fork of the road, you have a choice to make. Am I going to praise the devil or am I going to praise God? Here I am faced with a fruit that is poisoned on my tree. And I don't like this fruit, but I, the fruit, I cannot bury this fruit. I cannot kill this fruit. I cannot destroy this fruit. I cannot ignore this fruit. And this fruit is there to be seen by everybody. And a choice has to be made in your life when you're in those situations. You have to decide, wait, I'm going to praise God. There's going to be some miraculous thing that's going to come out of this that is going to be amazing. And, you know, when there's no baby there, there's just shame in, in your daughter's life. And she's going through that. And you, the baby's there, but you don't see the baby. You don't have its face. You don't have that little child saying, bye, mama. You don't have that little boy crawling in, up in, <laughs> in your bed and playing with you all day and following you all day and, you know, just filling your life with happiness and joy. You can't see it at that point. You just have to have a position in your life that you have already practiced for many years, and you just continue to praise God. You have to praise God when you see it. You have to praise God when you don't see it. This is what Abraham did in Romans chapter 4 and verse 18 through 22. He said, Abraham believed against hope. He actually was, the, he had anti-hope, and he believed against that hope that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Praise God. It says he was persuaded to believe that what God had promised, he was able to perform and did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but gave glory to God and walked it out. For 20-something years, he just walked it out day after day after day. And then God waited till he was 100 years old, and his wife was 99 years old. And at that point, they couldn't naturally bear children. So God made it impossible for Abraham to get any credit for Isaac. He said, let me just tell you, I'm going to wait till Sarah's womb is so dried up that, you know, it, there's just nothing's going to happen. It's a dead place. And God resurrected the miracle at 99 years old and bypassed nature 
and the facts of nature and the human body itself and the facts of the human body and reversed it all because Abraham had been dwelling in the promise. And so praise and things you go through in your life change you so that the quality of your praise becomes very life-changing. It is not just like getting in a room and just being bored and everything, and everybody's, praise God, thank you, Jesus, glory to God, and you're thinking about washing dishes. Praise God, oh, I didn't wash the dishes. Oh, oh did I leave the door open at the house? Man, people are going to come in, thank you, Jesus, glory to God, oh, my God. Praise God, oh, man, I'm not going to go to jail for that ticket. Pray, oh, will anybody be, uh, find out what I've been watching? Oh, praise you, Jesus. And, and you're just, your praise is pathetic. It's pathetic because you've been through nothing, you've experienced nothing, you have nothing, there's no divinity inside you, and you haven't been to, through anything in your life that you walked through holding God's hand. Because you can go through a lot of things, but if you don't walk through those things holding God's hand, it doesn't do you any good. All you did was just suffer and get beat up, and now you're all broken and shattered inside. Praise heals the broken pieces of your life. Praise the Lord. That's why you have to become a praise addict. You literally have to become a praise addict. And, and your praise has to be very genuine and very authentic and not Pentecostal. Not, not just, oh, praise God, oh, praise God, praise God. Not, not, not that. It has to become very, very anointed. And anointing does not always mean loud. It does mean loud sometimes. But it also, it just means sincere and filled with revelation in it. There's a difference when you praise God from Abby's place or from people that have been delivered from alcohol or have been given a miracle by God or had a blind eye open or had cancer leave their body forever or had the deaf ears opened up or, be, or healed of some disease or weren't able to have children. And all of a sudden, now they can have children. And they have, after 10 or 15 years of trying, all of a sudden, now they're pregnant and it's a miracle. And even the doctors have to say, wow, that's a miracle. They'll never praise God the same any, uh, again. Every time that hold that baby, praise you, Jesus. All that miracle is in that praise. All that deliverance is in that praise. All that love of God is in, or if you've been forgiven for something terrible that you've done in your life, God forgave you. Your husband forgave you. Your wife forgave you. Somebody forgave you. No, you didn't deserve to be forgiven. You deserve to be kicked out and forsaken. But they gave you love and they gave you mercy and they gave you kindness. Like that young man who killed that girl and then the parents adopted him. His praise will never, ever, ever be the same. Not ever, ever, ever. He will always be able to praise God about something that is from heaven and divine. And he'll never, you know, he'll never uh, be able to be normal again. And that's the idea of praise. Praise is your response to God's miracle working power in your life. Praise is your response to what has not yet happened that you are already persuaded is going to happen. Praise the Lord. And so you praise God from that position. You just praise God from that position. We've had all these miracles at the orphanage. Here, the beginning of January, we looked up and said, God, we'd like to build 100 widows' houses. And I told you this, but I'll say it again. We, uh, 
We like to build 100 widows' houses. They cost $7,500 a house to build. And I think a couple of months ago, or maybe two or three now, I'm not sure, but a few months ago, Bethany calls uh, Kimberly and I and says, Mom, Dad, somebody just gave us all the money to build all these widows' houses. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I mean, you understand how much money I'm talking about. Can you do math? So we had about 30-something houses already built, and then they gave us the money to, to hit 100. And so by the end of December, based on how many we're building every week, we will have built 100 widows' houses. And we were just there this few days ago, and we went and visited the new widows. We're talking 92 years old, 95 years old, 97 years old, 80-something years old, 88 years old. We're talking about people with no teeth. We're talking about people that can barely see. We're talking about people that can barely walk. We even had a widower, widower in there. That was, how old was that widower? 92 years old, about this tall. And we got there, and, 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 and he's just looking at us. He's just crying, crying, I got something to say, I got something to say, you know. And he's saying, and he starts praying. He just starts praying. Praying with unction and anointing and the power of God. He was just, ah, oh, Señor, te amo tanto, con todo mi corazón. I mean, he's shaking the whole floor. I'm like, ah, 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 ah. I'm, Because he's praising from a different place. If God has done nothing for you, you're just going to be a legalistic judgmental, mean person. You will criticize everybody. You will find fault with preachers. You will attack their wives. You will attack the children. You will attack the church if it doesn't do what you want because you're cold-blooded, man. You're cold-blooded. You're in partnership with Satan. Satan is the God of your life because you have nothing in you that you can say, this came from God, not from me. Praise the Lord. You see, We've got to have something to praise God about. Because the Bible says in Joshua 6.20 that the, the, the Lord told Joshua to march around the city seven times. And then he gave him a shout. He said, say these words. He said, uh, Joshua said, shout to the, to the priest. He said, shout, for I have given you the city. And they had a reason. In other words, when they began to shout, the literal walls of Jericho, which have now been discovered by archaeologists, they've been discovered, and they're, they're like 24 feet wide. And they found them buried straight down into the ground. Literally, the walls were straight, whole, incomplete, buried straight into the ground. Now, the atheists say, oh, well, the land must have been different, and it must have been this, <laughs> you know, now over time, sand is, no, 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 they're, they're fully buried, they're not intact, they're, just, they're intact, but fully buried. This is a huge thing, praise the Lord, and if you don't have anything to praise God about, you're not going to feel very comfortable in heaven. Because there's not even one person in heaven that deserves to be there. Not one. There's not one person that has saved themselves. There's not one person that could be righteous enough to save themselves. There's not one person that has ever grown up without sinning. Ever. No one. No person. Nobody. Nobody you can think of, male or female. We're all sinners. We all come out with a sinful nature. Everybody comes out with rebellion. Everybody comes out with uh, disobedience. Everybody comes out with sin. Everybody comes out with that. And you cannot 
enjoy your life if you don't have something to praise God about. You've got to have something to praise God about when there's nothing to praise God about. You've got to build a praise bank and fill it up with miracles so that on the day you don't have anything to shout about, you can go to the bank and say, let's talk about 1925 when the Lord delivered me from cancer. Praise God. Let's talk about 1937 when God saved my entire family, all my brothers, all my sisters, and all my uncles. Praise God. Let's talk about that year when God got us totally out of debt, paid off our house, paid off our car, and glory be to his name. Go to your praise bank, write down those miracles so that you have something to remember on the day the devil is sitting on your shoulder telling you your life is terrible. You're a total failure. You've never done anything for God. Nobody loves you. You're all alone. You're fat. You're ugly. And nobody wants you. On that day, you're going to need some praise. And you're going to need a place to get your praise and to find it. Remember, you used to smoke pot and God delivered you from it. And there's old people that smoke pot. (laughs) 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds, 90-year-olds that smoke pot. And there's a lot of you Christians that when you get bored or tired, you're like, wow. Man, I wish I could have a reefer right now. Praise God. (laughs) Because you've had reefers and they relax you. Oh man, why can't God make reefers legal? Everybody else has made them legal. Why not have, have the church make them legal? Praise Jesus. Huh? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody else. Why can't the Lord make them legal? You have to praise your way out of Satan's evangelistic ideas against God. You literally have to, sometimes you have to silence Satan with praise. Because that's what the Bible says. In the mouth of babes, you have silenced the enemy with praise. When you start praising God, the devil's voice goes away once the anointing of that praise hits you. And once your praise is genuine and real and you have something to praise God for. Because first of all, when they praised God here, the walls came down and they were handed an entire city. When you start praising God, the walls that Satan has built around your family to not hear God will start coming down. People will start hearing God that have not heard God. They will start hearing God who have not wanted to hear God. People will get saved. Every week, everywhere I preach, we have so many people get saved, hundreds and hundreds at a time in many places. And they come father, son, mother, wife, children, aunts. They come in droves, all entire families coming to get saved and to get delivered and baptized in the Holy Spirit. What can you do about something like that other than praise God? I was at a church, and there was a whole family in some row somewhere. But I, I looked over, and, and, and I saw uh, the, the father. It looked like the father because the way they were all sitting together. And, uh, but I didn't know, so I just felt the Holy Spirit, the unction of the Spirit. So I, I looked at him, and I could tell that something was wrong with his heart. I could just see it. And I said, sir, yes, sir, sir, you have a heart problem. And he just... And he's looking at his wife saying something and saying, yeah, you have a heart problem. I can tell you have a heart problem. There's something in your heart, something wrong with your heart. And he just started crying, just started crying like that. And his wife was, the children were, well, he had a pacemaker. (laughs) 
And he had had, I don't even know how many heart attacks. They were all terrified. He'd been in the military, and this was his first time in church. Ever. 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 Do you understand what I'm saying? Ever. He didn't even know how to get saved. I said, come here, do you want to get saved? He goes, you know, he was like, didn't understand the language. So I had to break it down. I prayed with him. The wife is weeping. All the children are weeping. I led everybody to Jesus. The whole place got people. To, because this is what you shout about. This is what you praise about. Shout, for I have given you the city. Can you do that with me right now? Shout, for I have given you your families. Can anybody praise him? Shout, for I have saved your brothers. Shout, for I have saved your mother. Shout, for I have saved your cousins. And uh, Come on, everybody, shout. Shout, for I have given you the city. Shout, for I have healed your children. Shout, for I have healed your mind, healed your body, healed your relationship. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Tell God, oh God, I praise you even before you deliver me, even before you set me free. I want to shout you. I want to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Woo! Think about it like this. If you're going to go to heaven and fit in, you need to already be really fully addicted to shouting and praising. Because in heaven, it's not a bunch of polite people. <laughs> Do you think that people who had no legs and now have them will be polite in heaven? And what about all the blind people when they go to heaven? Do you think they're just going to stand around staring at everything? What about the people who went to heaven in the last few seconds before they died, some preacher came to their bed or someone and said, do you want to go to heaven? And they've rejected Jesus, denied Jesus, turned their back on Jesus. And now all of a sudden, you know, they've got a chance. And right at the last few seconds, they cry out and call out on the name of Jesus and get saved. And he snatches them out of Satan's mouth. And they're all of a sudden in heaven, never having wanted heaven, an atheist who was an atheist all his life, maybe even preached atheism and taught it. And the last second he knew the fear came on him and he realized, man, I can't take a chance on going to hell. And really secretly he's always believed in God. He was just mad at him. And he just finally, oh God, save my life. And the light and the demons falling off and headed towards the light. Look, there it is. It's blinding me. My gosh. That light is blinding me. I mean, I literally see spots now. Oh, my gosh. I stared at that too long. But it's the, it's the, that's what I meant. Blinding light. I, you all look like spots. I mean, what, were they, what are they going to do in heaven? What are they going to do but praise God? Paul and Silas just began to praise God while they were in prison. You may be in jail in some area of your life. How are you going to get out of that jail? You may feel like you're captive, uh, a captive of some 
addiction or emotion or, or situation or relationship. The only way out of those things is praise. Praise breaks chains. It shatters chains. When you praise God from a place of victory, it shatters and breaks chains. It, it doesn't help you to praise God in unbelief just because it's what other people are doing. You've got to shout from a position of victory, and victory requires faith because the Bible says that faith is the victory. I mean, a whole church, we got the whole church built. Basically, you built it, and there it is. Used by children, getting saved, getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. We'll soon have uh, people come in from the village to have church. Then we'll be feeding people everywhere. All praise. That was not there. Somebody had to praise God for it. Somebody had to believe for it. There's a big uh, hospital that we're going to build. Well, that's going to take a lot of money, five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars probably. It, but, but my gosh, we'll save babies' lives that are malnourished, and we'll fix cleft palates, and we'll have doctors there. We'll have people coming from all over the world there because it's the will of God. And, and before, I even, before we even ask for it, I already know it's going to happen. I have the praise in my mouth already. We're going to build a vocational school that'll teach trade before anything happens. We're, I'm already praising God for it. Kimberly's already praising God for it. We're already thanking God ahead of time. Praise changes things. In the book of Numbers 21, it says, when the children of Israel... Um, when the Philistines would surround the camp of the Israelites and they would wait and listen, verse 22, to see if there was a shout of a king in the camp. So there's a shout that's the shout of a king, which means that on the day that they heard a particular kind of shouting, they knew that the king was with them in the camp. And that the king never traveled without the whole army with him. So the Philistines would listen, read it on your own, would listen for the shout of a king. And once they heard the shout of a king, they would pack their bags and leave. They said, this battle we cannot win because they have the entire backing of the whole army because the king is in their camp. I don't know if you've ever done that kind of shouting. Because Jesus is in you, with you, you feel his presence, and you have been almost translated into the future. You're already in the victory 20 years ahead. You already see everything finished, and this is not like psych, some, some kind of psychic thing. This is your spirit, in your spirit, the Holy Spirit taking you into the future and letting you see what's going to happen, and you shout from that position of revelation and victory. Shouting clears the enemies out. Second Chronicles 5, uh, it says that they all made one sound, one voice in praising God, and the glory cloud came in and nobody could stand up. None of the priests could even stand because of the weight of the glory of God. When you praise God in unity as a church, when you get together and pastor says, let's shout 
to God about this victory we're going to get. Praise the Lord, whatever it may be. Uh, let's believe God for this thing or that thing or whatever it is. And then in agreement, you all shout together from that position of revelation, and pretty soon the manifestation of that is right there before you. Praise God. Maybe you need your land paid off. Why can't we shout to God? Don't you believe it's God's will for him to pay your property off? Do, do any of you believe it's God's will to pay your home off with a miracle? Why don't we ask God to do it tonight? Why don't we say, God, pay our houses off, pay our cars off, pay our children off, pay everybody off. Praise the Lord. Let's just give God praise and say, we receive our homes paid off. We receive every need we have paid off because no godly man or woman should have to worry about their house payments and their car payments. Let's just believe, God, that all the land that some of you have will be paid off, that every need you have will be paid off, and that you'll be out of debt to the glory of God. And even bigger than that, let's believe that we will become paymasters that actually pay off other people's debts. Praise God. Since you're a paymaster church with a paymaster preacher, why can't you receive that anointing into your own homes and have them paid off by the glory of God? Because it's already happening in Guatemala, and so the Holy Spirit certainly wants to do it for you. Praise the Lord. And, and you know, praise lifts the spirit and anoints the soul. When you praise God and get in the spirit of praise, it anoints your spirit and your soul. It's a very powerful thing. It lifts you up. It ushers in the presence of God. Um, it clears the atmosphere. It brings victory and confusion ends in your life. When pray, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with a trumpet sound. Praise him with a harp. Praise him with a lute. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and pipes. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud, clashing cymbals. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his wonderful name. Let's give thanks unto God and make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, and give thanks to him. Bless the name of the Lord, for the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Praise God. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting and honorable. The Lord builds up Jerusalem, and he gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised in the city of our king. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise him, all of his angels. Praise him, all of the heavenly hosts. Praise him, moon and stars. Praise him, heavens. Praise him, all you waters. Praise him, nations.
and islands and cities. Let the trees of the field praise the Lord and shout unto his name. Praise God. Can anybody praise the Lord tonight at all in any way? I'm going to end in a second by saying this. David, who is a praise master, praised God from very dark and deep, depressive places. He would literally be in a hole in his soul and tell his soul, I command you to praise the Lord. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Praise the Lord. Look at three people and say, that's what I'm talking about. Hug somebody and say, that's what I'm talking about. Let's have all you wives stand up, if you would. All the wives, praise the Lord. Everybody say, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Now I want you all to just praise God, not just the wives, but everybody. Just start praising God. One, we praise God for finances to come that you need in the name of Jesus. Praise him a little bit for that. We praise God that your homes will be paid off and your cars will be paid off. We now praise God that all your friends and family will get saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and serve God. We praise God for deliverance in your life, that whatever you want out of your life will walk out of your life and that you will have the victory. Now praise God for the Christ-like attitude and spirit that you want. Let's all praise God for favor from God, that people will just love us and bless us and give us things all our lives and bless us in amazing ways. Praise God for your children that are backslidden, that they're all going to come back and serve the Lord, and you'll get to see it. Let's all praise God that you will have continual miracles follow you in your life, that you'll look to the right, and there's a miracle. You look to your left, and there's a miracle. You look behind you, and there's a miracle. And that all day, every day, the presence of God will rest on your body tangibly, and you will feel the presence of God. And all you'll be doing when you're in the car is glory to God. Praise you, God, because you will be praising him from a position of revelation and divine insight. Be famous for praising God. Let everybody say there's a praiser of God. There's a man full of joy and full of praise and full of victory. Let's all shout unto God with a voice of triumph because the Lord is amazing. Now I'm going to minister to all you wives, so keep standing. Praise the Lord. Can you get a microphone, Ab? And go over here and, um, yeah, just get the names so they can have whatever. They can have the names of the people. Praise, yeah, yeah. And I want you all to help each person. I'm going to do this quickly, but we're just going to flow in the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Extend your hands right over there. I'm looking at rain right now, but it's coming from the ground up. Also from the side walls and from the top, and it's different colors. This is interesting. I've never had this or said this to anybody. But rain coming from the bottom means even that which is buried will come forth and be resurrected and be like praise to God. The side walls means the northeast and all the west and all that from all those areas of your life for your family where you have sowed many prayers now for many years. It's about to start raining in that area. And from the top, it's God's favor just landing on your home and on your 
family for the rest of your life. That's your word from God. Go right over here. My Praise the Lord. Darlene Jones. And this is, yes, Corey. Yeah, this is a strange uh, picture I just saw. But I'm looking at a large field. I wouldn't know what this is, but in Guatemala, I've now learned what it is. But it's a cabbage field, and it's gigantic, and it goes on forever and ever. It's all one thing, but it's cabbage. And the Holy Spirit is telling me that there will be one very large area of your family that will bring forth something that is very unique for God. And it will not be just you doing it or your husband doing it. or It's going to be a family thing. But it will be very healthy and very rich. And it will make people, it will feed people. It will feed people. It will nourish people. And it will be something God will plant and God will grow. And you're going to get to harvest it. Praise the Lord. Keep going, Ab. Praise God. We're going fast. Judy. Yeah, Judy, I'm looking at a lot of fences with many locks on them, like thousands of locks, and they're big, thick locks, and they're all locked, and it's a big fence, and you're seeing this fence, and the fence is, is maybe from here to the sound booth, and the fence maybe is 8 to 10 feet tall. It's nothing you could ever get out of, and it's all like has locks hanging from everywhere. Locks always represent an entrance that has not been made available to you. The fence represents boundaries that have been set there by someone. And the Holy Spirit is trying to, to tell you that there are parts of your life that have been locked up, that God is going to unlock them and remove the boundaries that keep you behind the locked places. That there's coming a time in your life where you will not feel locked and you will not feel caged, but you will feel like you're truly free for the first time in your life. Because no one can be happy who stares at their locks and fences all day long. You cannot be happy that way. You know that there's another side. You know there's more. And God says, be patient. My daughter, stand on my word, and I'll get rid of all the locks Satan has put there and all the fences he has built because I have an open field where you can truly be the real you. Everybody shout to God a little bit and say, I receive that for myself. Praise the Lord. Sharon. How are you doing? A weird picture, but I'm going to give it to you. Um, yeah, so I looked at you and I saw this, but it's it's a very unusual kind of picture. I saw a lot of worms, like thousands and thousands and thousands of worms. And I'm thinking, you know, worms are not worth much for anything. They just wiggle and kind of look a little bit weird. But, you know, Joel 2.25 says, I restore to you the years that the worms have eaten. And not 2020 will be a restoration year. Amen. And you you got to understand what I'm looking at. Imagine, like as far as you can see, worms. Which means that this restoration is multi-generational. So it's not something you and your husband could possibly absorb or even need. This is a multi-generational restoration 
that will come from the past and enter into the future. Things of the past that were stolen, things in the present, and even things into generations to come will all be restored. That's your word from God. Everybody should stop right now. Let's receive that for ourselves right now. Lord, we receive that for ourselves, Kimberly and I, Lord. We receive that as a word from God for us and for everybody in the name of Jesus. Okay, Ab. Yeah. Praise the Lord. This is Debbie. This is a weird picture. I don't know how else to say it, but uh, I saw a large pan of lasagna. Now, this could be I'm hungry or something, but, but I'm not. But it's big. It's, it's, it's like the size of this room. It's very thick. And it's got a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff in there. And you're in there jumping around. And you're just like throwing it everywhere and just jumping around. It's, like I said, it's a weird picture. You're just jumping around. But to someone, this is someone's food. And the word that this means is God is about to put you in a very delicious place that makes people's appetites ignite. Praise the Lord. That's your word. Praise God. Let's keep going. Noah? Yeah, extend your hands over there, everybody. I hear a lot of bells, like many bells. Little bells, like ding, 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 ding. And then real big bells, like the big giant bells that you 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 know that ring the real big ones the little bells are the little areas of your life that are calling out to god for freedom and the big bells are the things you wouldn't even attempt to ask god for but you're now if you want entering the stages of your freedom little freedoms and big freedoms. You just need to tell God what you want to be free from. As little as your voice may seem to you, it will lead to very big freedoms that even thousands of people can hear. But you have to tell God, free me in this area, God. Because I hear the, I hear the ringing right now, the ringing, many, many, many bells. And this is, the Lord saying to you, I would like to take you on a journey of freedoms. What a great word. I receive it for myself. Praise the Lord. All right, let's keep going. Kimberly, uh, this is how can you get another mic? Is there another mic? Just so in case you get something, you're okay? Okay. Yes, ma'am? Helen. Helen, would you lay hands on Helen? Helen, I want to say a variety of things to you. Number one, uh, you are a very, very loved woman in heaven. Like a lot of angels and a lot of people and God. You're a very loved woman. There's a spirit. That I, I keep hearing the word appreciation and gratitude. And that is the Holy Spirit wants you to know that you're not insignificant and your life is not insignificant, and that there are many things you have done that no one has ever seen, but heaven has recorded them. And that God wants you to feel like he's proud of you. 
And he wants you to feel like you're somebody that when we all get to heaven and see who you are and what you've done, we're all going to just spend time praising God. Because when you get to heaven, you'll get a microphone, metaphorically speaking, and we'll all stop, and we will hear of the deeds that your prayers accomplished, your love accomplished, and your kindness accomplished. And I rebuke Satan from ever being able to make any sense to you again. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody say amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is Bonnie. This is a little bit strange, too. Uh, I, your ears are very large in this picture, like elephant ears. And uh, pearls are shooting out, like in rows. I've never said any of these things to anybody. But pearl, it's like, it's like you're a machine, of, and the pearls are coming from your brain, but they're shooting out of your ears. In the Bible, the Bible talks about the pearl of great price. And your thoughts will become so valuable that they will literally be like, like revelations shooting out of your ears. And you're entering the stage of revelation in your life that will become very valuable to those who are standing near you and can hear and see the beauty of what's coming out of you. That is going to be a beautiful encounter. I wish I could be there for that. Praise the Lord. Let's keep going. This is Pat. Yep. Lay hands over there. Praise the Lord. Let's all stretch our hands over there. And let's pray for the gift of healing to come into your body. Let's pray for the gift of strength. Let's pray for the gift of renewing, the gift of resurrection, the gift of power, the gift of enabling, the gift of vision, the gift of joy. And let's pray for crazy things like real long life, even longer than what you have right now. And let's ask God to now clothe you in Psalm 91. Because it says, the Lord will show me his salvation because I have set my love upon him. He will satisfy me with long life and give me his joy. That's your word. Praise the Lord. Okay. I, I just heard it right there. This is a good, this is your turnaround year where things turn around for the good. And the momentum changes and it starts going in your favor. Trouble is going to end. And the blessing of the Lord is going to be all around you day and night. Praise God. Let's go right over here. Hallelujah. Abby's moving as fast as she can. Let's go to the, to the lady in front, Abby, and get her. Jeannie. This is Jeannie. Yeah. Extend your hands over to Jeannie. Jeannie, uh, a very crazy picture, but I see you dressed like an American Indian. And you have your glasses on and everything. So it's a very bizarre picture. But you got the things, you know, and, the, and you get, but you got a bow with many arrows. Because this is something very, very interesting that the Lord is equipping you with arrows that heal people. 
And that he's going to grant you the gift of healing. And it will be many types of healing. There's, for example, the healing of the human body, but there's also the healing of the heart and the healing of the mind, the healing of ideas, the healing of emotions, the healing of wrong beliefs, the healing of bad conclusions, the healing of relationships, the healing of sterile women, the healing of uh, the past, memories. So you're going to have them all. Because the Lord is telling me that to tell you that he knows that he can trust you to be faithful with what he gives you. And that is something that is a very rare thing for God to tell a human being. But you are, you are God tell, tells me to tell you, tell her that I, I know I can trust her with what I will entrust her with. That is a great word. Praise the Lord. Right there, Abby. Rhonda. Hey, I already have this for you. And that is the reversal or the renewing of youth. <laughs> so this is unusual because the older you get, the younger you will feel. Amen. This will be the phenomenon of the gift God will give you. That's your word. Praise the Lord. Let's keep going. Hallelujah. Okay, quick. Quick, because I got it already. Praise the Lord. Becky. Yeah. So let's stretch our hands out there. I'm looking at you with a giant broom. I mean, when I say giant, I'm talking taller than that. It's like a broom like that. And you're, uh, you're taking away the spider's webs and the cobwebs. And that's, you're just clearing out uh, those things. And this is a special kind of gifting. I've never said any of this to anybody. But it's a special kind of gifting. Spiders are known for strategic preparation of devouring you know a spider's web is so intricate but it catches things for food but they're always a negative and in this picture that i'm getting it's a negative you're going to get rid of the things that are in people's lives that are preparing them to be devoured that is a good word god bless you Praise the Lord. Praise God. Is that first baby, second baby, third baby, fourth baby, fifth baby, second baby? Katie. Great. And how many do you want to have? As many as God wants to give me. Well, well, well. I don't believe I've ever gotten that answer. In all the years of asking people that question, I believe that is the first time I have ever gotten that answer, especially right after delivering. Where is the husband? Oh, how many do you want? Huh? You're a wise man, my brother. My up here, yeah. Praise the Lord. Well, you kind of took away my surprise. So your quiver is very, very large, obviously. And um, you know, there's a beautiful scripture that says God makes women joyful mothers of children. And to love a child in, in, in a redeeming way is not just loving a child in the ego, but it's loving them in a redeeming way. And I just feel favor from God 
because of your attitude towards children? Can you feel that too, Kimberly? I just feel the favor of God that you have just made yourself very wealthy. Because, you know, to take care of five to ten children, that <laughs> is a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of money. And, uh, you know, I remember when Kimberly and I first got married, I said, we're going to have seven children, seven children. And at about three, uh, you know, four, and then we're adopting five, six. I, man, all, the, every, all along the way, I was dragging my feet. You know, and then Kimberly says, well, let's, let's get some more. And how about 150? You know, how about... And now it's outrageous, you know. Because you can do so much humanly, but God can do things. But the heart you have, nobody can give you that. That is a heart of an adopter. That is the heart of a person who loves children and will always love children don't be surprised how many children you have, and don't be surprised how many children God gives you. And all I can say to you, brother, is I hope you have a good job, and may God bless you, and Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. Praise the Lord. All right. This is Kathy. Yeah, so Kathy, Kathy, is that the name? Yeah. Um, so what I'm seeing here is an unusual thing. Three things. So I see a scalpel, which is surgery. And this is what God will do to you, is he will do surgery in your heart. Because in order for God to do what he wants to do, he first has to fix what is broken. And you are a broken girl. You are a broken girl, but God knows that. And he knows how to fix all the anger, all the hurt, all the pains all the things that are in your life, all the stuff that has happened, the crazy things that have happened, the crazy people that are in your life. He knows how to clear things out of the way. He knows how to fix things. He knows how to protect you. You've been abused too much. And what it does is it damages your ability to believe in the future. But I just want to tell you, that Jeremiah 29, 11, a famous verse, the Lord says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of peace and not of war. Plans of salvation and not of destruction. And those that try to destroy you and those who attempt to destroy you will die. And the Holy Spirit is going to protect you. But he will do surgery for over three years. You will feel the surgeries of God. Each surgery will be painless and pleasurable. This is how God does surgery. Because the Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads people to repent. God doesn't operate like man does. When you talk about surgery, you just think about pain, pulling teeth. But this is not how God does surgery. When God does surgery, you feel pleasure. So you're going to have three years of divine pleasure in the presence of God. This is just the surgery preparing you to be a woman of mercy and a woman of healing. The, the big miracle that you're going to have is your language will become very redemptive. And the things that have been coming out of your mouth and all that stuff that are come from pain and anxiety and frustration and, anxiety and, and fear and all that, all that's going to be cleaned up. And you will become a woman of high praise. 
do not miss church. I mean, even if you feel like you're dying, do not miss church. Because you will get what you need from church and the friends you will meet in church. Be faithful. Be the most faithful of all. And in a very short amount of time, as quick as three months, you will find yourself in a completely different spiritual place than you are today. Praise the Lord. Let's go right there. Praise the Lord. Tracy. Yeah. I just see this so clearly, Tracy. I see this so clearly, and that is you are covered in fruit. And you are a woman that everybody knows to be very faithful, very loving, very positive, very encouraging. And you can only be that way because you have overcome a lot of things. Whatever good trait you have comes from wars, battles, fights that you have privately overcome. And you are bringing a lot of honor to God, and you're bringing a lot of blessing to your family. Your family will not be less than what you have believed for. Your family will not be less on fire, less on passion than you're believing God for. And some of it will take time because it's little seeds, and some of it will happen quickly and when you least expect it. But the Lord tells me this word very clearly. Your family is safe. He has them in the hollow of his hand. They will all go to heaven. They will all love Jesus with their whole hearts. And all of them will be covered in fruit. Beautiful, thick. I don't even know the fruits that I'm looking at, honestly. I've never seen these fruits or the colors of them because some of them are multicolored. And some are actually changing color. Which tells me they're not temporal, earthly fruit. These are divine fruits. They cannot spoil. They cannot be turned rotten. They cannot be invaded by worms or things like that. They are divine fruit. They have within them eternity. And you are bearing today, right now, the fruit of eternity. What a great word. Everybody say, I received that for myself. Now, you understand, I don't mean this about her, but you understand, everybody, that God's not a fool. So when he says good things to people, he even says them to bad people, not, not her. But, but I just want everybody to understand that God speaks to people out of mercy, and he speaks from the, from the future backwards. That's why he can look at a baby and tell you what it will do 50 years from now. Because God occupies the future. He lives in the future. He lives in the present. And he lives in the past. All at the same time. But if you're doing anything wrong, God's not saying it's okay. But he's just telling you if you will fix whatever's wrong that you know is wrong, then you... What he says will take over your life and you will become a totally new person. For those of you that need it. So that's kind of an important thing I wanted to say, but not about Tracy. Because everything I said about her, she's actually a wonderful person now. <laughs> Praise God. Yes, ma'am? This is Robbie. Uh, lay your hands there real quick. Praise. How are you, ma'am? Five things I want to give you. 
real quickly. Uh, loneliness. So we want to remove that and we want to put in, in its place the intimate communion with God. Two, lack of purpose. We want to replace that with a def defined mission which God is going to give you. Three, unlimited faith which you don't have that you're getting now which is the ability to believe God for ridiculous miracles. Four, supernatural patience to wait for God. And five, divine contentment, being happy with what God tells you to do and asks you to do and able to sleep well. That's your word. Praise God. All right. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's keep going. Praise God. This is Jody. You know, I know you a little bit, but I haven't had conversations with you. But I see a pinball machine. And a pinball machine is, is as you know, you pull on that thing and it goes in many directions. And it's, well, you never know what it's going to do when you pull that. It goes, you know, you just know that there is a purpose for that pinball. But when you pull it, you don't know if that's going to be when it hits or this is going to be. It's going to like that. So what is the Spirit saying? That clarity of direction will enter your life. But it will take some bouncing inside you. And the Holy Spirit will refine you to where you are able to have a spirit of and, 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 and hear me what I'm saying on this. The greatest gift God gives a person is humility. Humility is the ability to not, the ability to receive anything God says and be all right with it and have a tender heart that's very pliable, a spirit that's very teachable, an attitude that is very kind and, and loving to people that are mean. And this is the gift God is going to give you, is humility. It's a gift that everybody that's here should ask God for. And it's that thing God does in a person's life where they say, oh my gosh, thank you God for even using me. Let's all ask God for that right now. Because everybody should get, this is a great gift. This gift right here, you know, humility is like the greatest gift that makes people the most effective. Because Humble people have no agendas. They simply want to bless people. That's all they want to do. They just want to be a blessing. And so I, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's doing a lot of things in your life and is going to continue to do a lot of things. But God is going to help you by giving you that spirit of humility that is going to make you hit the bullseye of your destiny. Because you were born for a very specific purpose. When you were in your mother's womb, God gave your specific purpose. But, but there's things that God wants to do in your life that man cannot do. It comes from you simply being with Jesus alone. And these things happen. And sometimes we know what they are. Sometimes we don't know what they are. But the goal is that when that ball hits that place, points are scored. Large amount of points. And you are going to score a lot of points for the Lord. And so hear my words because they really are important.
when you're bouncing around back and forth or bounce up against something or bounce up against this or bounce up against that. It's all learning so that there can be a flow of direction and the Holy Spirit can can do that. There's more that I don't I, I don't have time to tell you everything I'm hearing, but with that spirit of humility, there's so many things that are going to be given to you that could you have never gotten without it. It's something I pray for every day. And it's a beautiful thing. Praise the Lord. So Mabel. Yeah. Lay hands on Mabel. Mabel. And let's believe God for the gift of healing for the gift of miracles, and this is most important of all, the gift of discernment, which is the ability to see a need, and then have the gift of compassion to feel the pain, and then have the ability to remove it. But I'm, I'm seeing three specific people that you have are concerned about, and these three people have been taken under God's wing in the Spirit, and you will see great fruit in their lives, whoever those are. There may be more, but I see three people that God is working on that you and your husband have been praying for, and God is working on them, and he will not quit. He's like a sculptor. They're like pieces of stone, and when he's done, they will be masterpieces for God. And you'll be able to say, wow, what an amazing thing God has done. You, you have a lot of influence in your prayers, because of the generous, kind, loving heart that you have. And there's no stop signs. There's not even a yield on your road. You can actually go as fast as you want. Because God is never going to pull you over and say to you, wait a minute, you're really out of control. The road you're on has no out of control for you. You can just go as fast as you want, do as much as you want, and accomplish as much as you want, because that's, that's the road you're on. Praise the Lord. Let's all stretch our hands towards Laura. And I have so many things to say to you, Laura, so many things to say to you um, from, from the Lord right this minute. And that is that... I don't, I feel the Lord telling me that you don't know who you really are in heaven. That you are a much more powerful influencer than you think. And that there is nothing in you or around you that is going to be able to stop you from doing what is in your heart. And that you're going to come into seasons of uh, intimate communion with God that is going to produce many beautiful songs, many beautiful thoughts, many beautiful ideas, many beautiful... I see rainbows, like right now, I just saw rainbows everywhere. All types of rainbows. And of course, you know rainbows are all about the covenant because you, through your music, also through your life, are going to create covenants between people and God. The influence you'll have on them will create a rainbow from them to God. And they will walk the path of being in covenant with God. This is the influence you will have. And you're coming into the years of productivity. You have marinated in the presence of God for a long time. 
Now it's time for many ideas and many songs and many blessings and many things to start coming out because you are in the stages of producing. That's the word I'm getting, producing. And no fear, no doubts, nothing like that will have access to your mind and you are just going to be like a person that stands there and just receives from God so easily. You'll hear God's voice so easily and so clearly. And it's going to be so sweet. And that's a word. It's like, you know, I'm thinking what the sweetest thing is. Because I had a piece of toast this morning and over there. And then that, 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 that sweet taste. And, mm, and that's, that's Laura right there. You bring sweetness to the taste of God and to the taste of God's people. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, I receive that for myself. Let's reach our hands out to Kimberly Tate over there, because you're a wife, Kimberly. Praise the Lord. Stretch your hands out to her over there. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for that. And I see a big garden, Kim, that you're standing in, and you're covered in, in all kinds of soil because you have been working on that garden on your knees, digging up weeds, digging up plants, planting, sowing seeds. And the Lord is saying to you, this is a garden that has brought much glory to me. And this garden will never wilt and never wither. And you always will have work to do in your garden. And it will always bring forth beautiful fragrances and aromas, and you will know that it is the Lord who has done these things, mm. not man. And I just see it. I just see a giant garden, and I really, I really receive that. I know I'm giving it to you. I've actually never prophesied to you, but I'm giving it to you and receiving it for myself. Praise the Lord. So hallelujah, sister. Let the blossoms flow. Praise God. All right, everybody. Merry Christmas. I don't know what time it is, but I know it went way over. But anyway, see you again on Wednesday. Praise God. Pastor's coming up. Amen. God bless.